today uh, going to talk about giving, which I guess would be intimated by this word on the big screen, and apparently I'm the one giving it, so there you go. Um, yeah, talk about giving. Just so you know, if you're wondering, is the church in trouble financially and we just got to jimmy things up? No, we're doing just fine, actually. We really are. We're doing just fine. Uh, we just feel like the Lord's messing with us about this. And there's been a couple little signs and wonders along the way to, to confirm that. I'll also tell you this. What was spoken in, in what Kristen said, what Matt said, what Brooke said, it, I just literally was laughing out loud today. It's the, it's the sermon. So I'll be quick, you know, so you don't have to hear it a second time. Um, we've said here at Believers, we've talked about this, we were doing a, a series of studying scripture that our vision, our goal, what we want to do is be near and like Jesus. But we recognize that we cannot do that on our own. When we put our faith in Jesus, when, when we said, God, I'll no longer run my own show. You're my boss. Jesus, you're my boss. Rescue me. Forgive my sins. Forgive me for living in a way where I was running the show. And I'll run, I'll live your way. He gives us his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then is the presence of Jesus to us. Jesus is actually not just near you. The scriptures say that if your faith is in him, he is in you. The same spirit that animates Jesus. We don't even know how the Trinity works, but the same spirit that is Jesus' spirit is in you and me. And that means that the power, the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that made dead body cells come to life, lives inside your body. And so then gives us power to behave in a different way. But here's the thing. Unlike, you know, Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, which most only, you know, God won't override you and just give you kung fu. He says, God, make me loving. He's like, okay, I'm going to send people annoying to you. And we're, and we're going to practice. We get to practice. We get to exercise training our will to be in concert with the Holy Spirit's power. Does that make sense? We are, maturity is never getting, getting independent. That, that maturity is learning deeper and deeper dependence on Jesus. I was just telling John Free, I, I love working with these younger preachers because John's like, I get nervous all the time. I'm like, John, if I'm not shaking before I go up, then I'm nervous because then I'm probably not depending like, Jesus, I don't know what you're going to do. You have to show up. This is going to be a mess. And he does every time. It's the most beautiful way to live. We get to be children depending on our daddy who's good and sees ahead all the time. But then he gives us practices for how we get to start to live into what it would be like if Jesus was living your life or living my life. So the practices we've been talking about is reading scripture, several different practices. So giving is simply a practice that we do as disciples of Jesus that are part of being near and like Jesus. The goal is to be near and like Jesus. That's why we give. Okay, I'll show you it from a little passage of scripture. We're going to look at a, a, a parable of G, that Jesus gives in Luke 12, uh, 13, and then about halfway through it, he then starts to talk about 
what does this parable mean? So I'm going to read it, make some comments. And I feel like the Lord's been telling me some stuff about an actual deliverance he's going to do in some of us today. On a giving sermon. Who would have thought that? But I really think the Lord, because this is all about our heart, our inner world, our, our pursuit of becoming near and like Jesus. So Lord, we ask you to help us to hear by the Holy Spirit your very words, Jesus, that you uttered, that are still in space and time, uh, that, that we could hook into right now. Um, yeah, and we'll do what you say. Amen. So Jesus is talking. It says, someone in the crowd comes up to him and says, Teacher, tell my, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Awkward beginning to a message. Would it, would it be weird to you if one of you just stood up and said, We're having problems with the family estate. Can you tell my brother to give me what my share is? Does that feel like a little awkward start? Now, here's the thing, in, in ancient culture, in Jewish culture, it wasn't that strange for Jesus, who can, some were considering a rabbi, the rabbis knew the law, knew this, how this was supposed to happen, so some rabbis would adjudicate that kind of thing. So, I, I was good, it made it, so it seemed less crazy to me when I looked that up, I was like, oh, that's, that makes a little more sense. But Jesus still replies, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich Toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you can't do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They, they do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more Will he clothe you, you of little faith? And, and do, do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions 
and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay. So let's see, what does Jesus say about the practice of giving in this passage? And one thing I noticed is that there are two main commands that Jesus gives. There's a number of things he says, but two kind of kind of make sense of this whole passage. The first one he just says is watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. And then later in the passage he says, but seek his kingdom and these things would be given to you as well. So if we put those two things, kind of pin those both up, we can see what's going on in this passage. We're going to start with the greed part. Jesus basically, in this passage, isn't it interesting? He said, the guy says, divide my inheritance. And Jesus immediately says, warns against greed. Like, where are you going with this, Jesus? What's going on? Well, Jesus defines what he means by greed throughout the whole passage here. Here's what's fascinating. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. The ground yielded a harvest. But notice what the guy immediately said. My crops, my grain. Think about that for a second. He did not make it grow. He did not make it rain. He did not make the sun to shine. It just turned out that he had a good year. How many of y'all know we cannot control the weather? In Tulsa, Oklahoma. 20, I saw yesterday we've had... Before August 1st, 24 days of 100 plus. We haven't had that since like 1935 or something like some crazy thing. Um, this is not one of those surplus grain years if you're a farmer. Are there farmers among us? That was so cool. I want to ha- Wendy. All right. Notice he says, these are my crops and this is my grain. So we see that the heart of greed is self-sufficiency. Let me, let me, if you don't believe me yet, let me show you a couple other things. He immediately gets a bumper crop and he doesn't say thank you. Even to the weather, let alone God. He just says, what shall I do? I have no place to store crops. This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I'll store them. And then I will say to myself. And then here's the crazy thing. It's all self-effort. And then the entire aim of his efforts is himself. After all this work, I'll say to myself, you have everything you need. Take life easy. You've got it made. We're safe now. Isn't that interesting? So I think Jesus is saying here that the heart of greed, the way he's talking about here, is self-sufficiency. And, and here's what's fascinating. Jesus does not say in this judgment where God comes to him, he does not say this judgment, you being required of your life right now, will be demanded from you. He does not say this is how will it be with whoever stores up things. You see what I'm saying? He's not criticizing this guy for storing up things. It's that he stored up things for himself. 
Who will get what you've prepared for yourself? Whoever stirs up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Greed is about self-sufficiency. He did it by himself for himself. And here's the Here's the incredible deception of self-sufficiency. And it is everywhere in our culture that if we could finally get to the place of self-sufficiency, we will be where we wanted to be all along. Jesus said, it is a joke because you didn't even get your own life. Your life will be demanded of you. It's said in this language that I want it back. I gave it to you, now I'm taking it back. Self-sufficiency is such a joke, we didn't birth ourselves. But can you see how, how deceptive it is? So the heart of self agreed uh, to self-sufficiency, the fruit of self-sufficiency is anxiety. Whee! Thank you. Thank you, greed. Look at this. The first thing that the guy says after he gets more stuff is, what am I going to do? More money, what am I going to do? But it's kind of a real thing. You ever had that situation? Maybe you haven't ever had it. More money, what am I going to do? Money's stressful. Is Ecclesiastics 5.12 that the, the sleep of a laborer is sweet, but a rich man can't sleep because of all of his riches. And Jesus has to talk all his disciples off the ledge. Guys, don't worry. Who of you by worry is going to help anything out? You can't even make your life a minute, an hour longer. Don't be afraid. Why would Jesus have to tell them that if they weren't already worried and afraid? The fruit of greed is anxiety. And here's, here's the spiritual practice of greed is hoarding. Here's what I mean by that. The first thing he does, when, for all we know in this parable, the guy had what he needed. He already had barns. He had barns that was storing stuff. We know that he did because he had to tear down his barns. He said, well, what am I going to do now? I got to keep it all for me. Otherwise, I'm not going to be safe. So there's a practice. There's a way to live out greed, and it's to keep it, to hoard it. Protect it. My bubbles. There's only parents that are about my age who know what I'm talking about. Because you had to watch Finding Nemo 8,000 times when your children were that age. And there's a guy who's like, my bubbles. is one of the parents in their 50s. There we go. All right. So, that was greed. Kingdom. The other command. Let's look at this one a little bit and see what... It, what it's about. Here's what's fascinating. Right when Jesus says, seek God's kingdom, the response is, these things will be given to you. Given to you. The heart of the kingdom is dependence. Jesus goes on to say, look at the ravens, these birds out there. They're, they're not, they're not Anxiously sowing and reaping, they have no storeroom or barn, but God feeds them. And you're more valuable than birds. 
Jesus continues, look, look at these wildflowers. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a field of wildflowers. Oklahoma has some great spots you can find that. I remember I, once I was in Spain, and it, and it was this gorgeous orange flowers, and Bob Jobin informed me they're weeds, but they looked so beautiful. Just consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass... How much more will he clothe you? The heart of the kingdom's dependence and the fruit of the kingdom is peace. Who would have thought that not being in control of your provision would give you peace? But look at this. Jesus is saying, I'm telling you, I'm not. In fact, here's the hard part with the whole worry thing. You know, Jesus is commanding us. Not to worry. Now, I realize just telling your emotions what to do doesn't work out all that well. What they do, our our emotions help us know what we actually believe. So if you're worrying, it's because I think i got to run the world. (laughs) It's getting out of control, man. I thought I was on top of this thing. But Jesus said, stop worrying. You can't do, you can't make yourself live longer. In fact, you will live shorter When you worry, how about this? Your father knows that you need these things. Your father knows. Your father knows what you need. He's a good, good father. Don't be afraid, little flock. Here's what's so cool. Jesus said, seek the kingdom. And then he says this, little flock, your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Think about this. The very thing Jesus is asking us to do for provision is the thing that God can't wait to do for us. He is pleased to give us His kingdom. And this is where giving sits. This whole thing is this practice then that Jesus says then, Why don't you do this? Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses or bank accounts for yourselves that won't wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. We don't hoard when we're trusting God because he's protecting the stuff. It can't be messed with. So, if this is true, that the Holy Spirit, that is the presence and power, presence of Jesus to us, the power to change, plus practices, forms us to be like Jesus, to be near Jesus, let's compare these two different practices. Greed, the heart of it is self-sufficiency. I got this. I'll take care of it. The fruit of it is anxiety. If I'm in charge of my life, well, then I'm in charge of it all. And then we add the practice of hoarding. It doesn't actually get us near and like Jesus, does it? (laughs) How do we know that? Well, Jesus said, don't do it. It was really simple. He said, beware of greed. There's all kinds of greed, by the way. He said, beware of all kinds of greed. 
So you realize this isn't just about money. The kingdom, the heart of the kingdom is dependence. Dependence on a father who knows what I need and happens to own it all. The fruit is peace. That somehow relinquishing control of the universe, I would be more at peace. And then when we add to that, what part can we play? We give. Jesus says, sell your possessions to the poor. What's, what's his point here? Some people get confused. We shouldn't save anything. That's not at all what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying is in your heart, the way you approach things. Jesus is wanting us to build up treasure. Did you know that? He said, the judgment was those who were rich for themselves, but not toward God. Jesus is like, yeah, you could invest everything you have in sand. Or, or you could let me put it in gold for you. I know how to do this with who you are, with what I've made you to be. I know what treasure looks like. So give and we end up being near and like Jesus. Why? Because we're simply doing what he says. He knows what we're like, how we're made. Okay, challenge, however, is if you're like me, you're dealing with some greed. At least by this definition. And of course, (laughs) none of us thinks we're greedy. We all think of like, what is it? Uncle McScrooge Duck or something, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I've got, like, a hoard of gold coins in my room. I went, more, you know, or, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge or the dragon in the hobbit, you know, or something. I'm not greedy. Huh. Where do I, where am I sure I should have been self-sufficient by now? Here's a better one. To know if you actually are trying to be self-sufficient, are you anxious? Why? How do I know that? Well, the, the, the fruit of self-sufficiency is anxiety. <laughs> if I find myself, whatever it is, if it's my time, I'm a time hoarder. I'll just tell you right now. I, I'm a time hoarder. I'm like, ah, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. But I didn't even tell you what it is. I don't care. Shelly's laughing. She plans my calendar. So she's like, this is so true. He is a time hoarder. How do I change? How do I get to a place where maybe it is with money? Money's a big, 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 big deal, guys. I find it's easier to talk about sex than money. Seriously. Because we feel even more shame sense of failure, sense of should have. And of course, there's always somebody you can dial up online that would say to you, if you'd been saving this much by now, you'd have a life in the future, but now you're going to have to about $4,000 a month and you might be there. Anybody done one of those calculators? Those will ruin your day. <laughs> I remember I walked into the kitchen, I was like, Kelly, I think it's like two or $3,000 a month we get to get on right now. She's like, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, yeah. How do I change? Is it too late for me? 
Ah, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus and the power to change. The presence of Jesus and the power to change. This is where deliverance is going to happen to us today. You're going to feel the presence of the Lord right now. I felt like what the Lord was speaking to me about, He wants to lift shame off of people today. And maybe you are a total screw-up with your money. You're a complete screw-up. Great, because what Jesus gives is mercy. See, I don't want to be... Okay, so, confession. Um, God lets me prepare for messages that I don't know I'm going to have to prepare for, um, which is why my, my friends say, you should preach about happy things all the time. You know, just, you know, roses and dancing. I was, I was with a group of people the other day who, they just do really well financially, and they love Jesus dearly. And as they talked about their financial practices, my own being out of shape, if you will, was becoming very evident to me. Anybody had that com- conversation? Because it just seems so matter-of-fact for the guy who started saving when he was 12. <laughs> and then he went into, you know... Things that pay you money, like I didn't do any of these things, you know? I didn't save and I didn't think through. Music and ministry are terrible things for earning money. (laughs) Nobody told me this. Should have done dancing. (laughs) It's not too late. Thanks, Shane. It, it's too late. <laughs> if I was trying to riff, I'd have a back injury quickly here. No, I just started to have this, and this was not because of anything anybody said. This sense of just failure in this conversation. And honestly, compared to 98% of the people on this planet, I'm a freaking god of money. I am. I, I am serious. You know, I don't know if the stats are changed, but not that long ago, most, two-thirds of the world was $2 a day. I am a god of money compared to most of the world. It's all about self-sufficiency. Like, Lord, why am I feeling this? And this is what I felt like the Lord said to me. Because you want to win. You're in competition with those guys, and you want to beat them. He was right. The Lord's so kind to me. He knows what's terrorizing me. Why do I feel like a failure? It has nothing to do with a single word that Jesus has ever said. It has to do with the fact that I want to be at the finish line saying, come on, guys, I'll graciously welcome you in second and third. I was like, Lord, you're right. Will you forgive me for comparing myself with other people? You made it very clear not to do that. I am sorry. And then what's cool is it gets born out of this is, son, I forgive. All of your sins are your own fault. All of them. There's none. Have you ever noticed people when they give an apology for mistakes? Oh man, that's so lame. It just always sounds like it was an accident that I sinned against you. No, you did it, man. Now, in a culture where there's no mercy, you can't admit. 
And our culture has no mercy. This is why the kingdom is the answer. It's the God of all the universe, the only judge who will stand before when we're dead and have to give an account for our lives. Says through the cross of Jesus, I will extend you complete forgiveness, complete mercy, as if you've never done anything wrong. The only place we can live in an economy of grace, economy of God's mercy, is in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus. And that includes our finances. Because giving is a normal practice for the follower of Jesus. We don't live for ourselves. Jesus gives us things to store up and then also to give away. He has promised to take care of us. He has promised the Father knows what we need. So this is the spot, and I just want to pause here for a minute, that, that I want to invite anybody, if you just are quiet for a minute, and know that yeah, I have dealt with a sense of shame. And, and it's over the self-sufficiency issue. Maybe it's not right on money, but it could be. My guess is it's likely there. But I should have had this together by now. I should have. Maybe there's some offense in you that you should have been earning more by now if the world would have recognized how talented you are. Sorry to offend you, but none of us are as talented as we think we are. And the joy of dependence is we don't care anymore. I don't care if I'm good at it anymore. Why? Because whether I'm fired or not, it's not really that guy's decision. It's whether God wants me to be here or not. And he'll keep me some places longer than anybody wanted me to be there, including me. Says the telemarketer. I mean, I've done this, okay? I'm like, Jesus, you know how talented I am? He's like, dial the phone. I'm not kidding. This is real life. Dial the phone, gal, making you like me. So let's just pause, because Jesus, we can't blow past this. We want, a lot of times we want to blow past it into the practice to feel like we check that off. But this is all about our hearts. So, Lord, do we have the fruit? Make you just ask the Lord, do I have the fruit of anxiety that's happening because of self-sufficiency in me? Just ask Him. And if you do, Jesus never shames us. He's here to offer us forgiveness. And a non-specific sense of shame is not from God ever. He is specific and wants to forgive us. So if there's something to repent of, this is the joy spot. We just say, Lord, you forgive me for not trusting you in this particular area. And then wait to hear him say, I love you and I forgive you. Go ahead and do that.
I'm just going to pronounce on behalf of our Lord, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Lord, let every bit of shame be broken off. Every bit of shame. If there's anything else energizing that that's not from you, we say, go away in the name of Jesus. Bring freedom and joy to our family, Lord. Freedom and joy. So we'll have strive that fruit of peace because we're going to depend on you. You're a good father. You know what we need. You're a good dad. You provide for birds and wildflowers. How could we ever doubt that you're going to provide for us? Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Now, this may be something that you, you and Jesus need to work out, work out a little bit. For me, that's the way it's happened because I'll notice some of these things will go in waves. I've start re-experience that anxiety. Now you know what to do. Drop back into Jesus. Ask him what's going on. Jesus, what am I believing right now? Do, do I, is this self-sufficiency? Is this me? I'm trying to run. I've I'm, I'm got to fix all this. Okay. Okay, so here's some practices that help us cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Here's the deal. You don't wait to give till you feel like giving. And that's with any of our practices, Bible reading, praying. Why? Because God's not going to give us everything. He wants us to exert our wills so we can participate with him. And our bodies have learned something different, right? My body's learned to hoard my time. So I have to sometimes just act toward giving my time, even though I don't feel it. And then that's when I find the Holy Spirit comes is in the moment of action. So here's a couple practices. One of the things is this. Whatever your practice is, this is good habits, start small. Start small. And the other one's be consistent. I like to tithe 10% of my income. Now, I started that when I was 18. So now I am the guy. Right? They're like, oh, great, you started you're 18. We're like, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> you're so great. You know. Don't compare yourself. <laughs> that, was, that was a part of my family tree. And so I, I got started off really well. I can thank my parents and my grandparents for that. But if you're like, okay, I, I can't give 10%. I'm trying to live on 112%. Anybody know what that's like? Here's what I want to challenge you to do. What if? What if? You just gave $1 a week just to do something, just anything, just any action. There, there's a little, you know, bucket on the wall over there, just a dollar. There's something about being consistent that's way better. It, it, I've always found it's just terrible to be hyper generous when you've got some money and then not back and forth. It's kind of like trying to work out and get results. It's better if you just walk every day than you start with a marathon and then you don't run for six months. Just developing these tiny little habits that are not impressive. It's just a dollar a week. Try doing that. Why? Because we want to move out of self-sufficiency and anxiety 
into a life that's dependent on our good Father, and we're living at peace. So when the stock market crashes or whatever happens, we're like, oh, the stock market crashed. I have stocks. Well, my dad gave them to me in the first place. He gave me the job I had to put some money in the, the market, and I can't control that. So, but my daddy knows me. He loves me. We continue to work, do what I can, continue to save some money. That makes sense? The other thing is this, is we have bought a tool for you. For real. It's called Ramsey Plus for the whole church. And Anna Lucas is going to come and tell us about this really quick. So Anna, you tell us. Guys, we're really excited. This is years in the making. And essentially, what have you? how many of you have done the baby steps of Dave Ramsey? Many of you. You know that Dave Ramsey always says the only way to have financial peace is through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. So Dave Ramsey isn't perfect. His method isn't perfect, but it's tools that can help us to obey the Holy Spirit. We're still walking in step with the Holy Spirit, and now Dave Ramsey has created these tools for us. So for every person in our body and for every person you know, we've purchased the license for Ramsey Plus for one year. So at whatever point you sign up, You'll have it for one year starting at that time. You can give it to your friends and family, anyone who needs tools to help them manage their finances. And um, when you go and register to this, they'll answer, answer, ask you a couple questions. It's for your benefit. No one can see those things. But what you'll get with this is access to completely to Financial Peace University, which is nine classes. Um, you'll have access to the workbook, you um, will have access to kids and money, what to do about retirement. There's probably about nine or 11 other videos of content besides Financial Peace University. Um, you'll also have access to every dollar app premium for free for a year. So you can use that. Um, and that coincides with the baby steps that he talks about in Financial Peace University. Um, a lot of the videos are funny and intense, and it's helping lead to um, getting free of debt and giving your stuff away. So uh, normally, Financial Peace University is $129 per family. And so all of you and whoever you give this to will have it completely free for a year. It's awesome. (laughs) Who we can thank also is Scott Long. He's probably at summer camp right now as that wraps up. But he's he's helped bring uh, Financial Peace University and help people get financially stable and understand and manage their money since 2004. And when Scott and I were on with Ramsey people, they said, you're one of the longest running churches to do financial peace. We're like, that like literally can't be true. Like we don't have a sign of Dave Ramsey in the front. They're like, it's true. And they went through every year. Isn't that cool? 18 years we've been a part of helping people get financially manage their money in a peaceful way along with Jesus. So since we're dependent on God's word, what he instructs, we're dependent on the Holy Spirit, we're also dependent on each other. And so for anyone who, yeah, you can have access to all these tools, but it's really hard. 
maybe some of you even have tears in your eyes thinking about going home and making a budget. But we are going to have uh, Scott and Anna Long will be starting on Monday, starting next Monday, at Financial Peace University for anyone who's sitting here and wants to walk with other people through these tools, you'll have access individually. But if you want to walk through this together, Scott and Anna are giving their time to do this together. You can sign up on our website. First, you'll have to become Ramsey Plus to avoid the 129 fee, and then sign up for this class. Uh, if you want to be a part of this, doing this together, but you can't on Monday nights starting at the end of September, we'll have another class start on Wednesday nights. We want to really build practices that we can all manage our money and we don't have to be afraid. We're in relationship with the Holy Spirit and he's given us tools that we can use. Um, so it's wonderful. Thanks. Hopefully, um, see this, that there is no divide between the sacred and the secular. There's a song that says, this is my father's world. Everything belongs to my father. Everywhere I go, I get to encounter my father. And he wants to form our lives. The whole piece. The whole piece. Could, could, could Jesus be with you while you pay your bills? Instead of just feeling anxious. <laughs> Could Jesus be with us when we do our taxes? And it's not like, no, he's in it with us. He wasn't surprised. Our Father knows what we need. All right, let's stand together. The door into the kingdom is putting our faith in Jesus Christ. It's telling Jesus, I will let you run my life. I'll live my life the way you think is best rather than running it my own way. That's what it means to become a disciple of Jesus. That we start to follow him and imitate him and be around his people because that's part of what he asks us to do. So if anybody's interested, if you've not started that journey or if you're like, what in the world? The door into this place, the door into this kingdom is to put your trust in Jesus and let him be your boss. So if you'd like to talk about that, come up, come up in the front. Dane or Anna or John will talk with you about it. If anybody else would like additional prayer, you can tell something's really going down that God wants to get a hold of in you. Uh, we can have some prayer. If some of our prayer team folks would be over here, we'll be here to minister uh, with you uh, right now. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father. <laughs> that it's your joy to give us the kingdom. It's your joy to involve our lives in an economy where we're not anxious, we're not self-sufficient. Instead, we depend on you peacefully and we're not afraid to give things away because you're taking care of us. Have mercy on us all this week. Through Jesus, I pray. Amen.